Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, welcome back to the show. Well, on the back of 12 months, that's uh, Saudi Arabia show up in every uh, every corner of the uh, sporting world uh, to uh, the Hockey Canada controversy to Shohei, Shohei Otani, uh, Otani's contract. Um, there's been a lot happening in the sports world in the last year or so. We're continuing with our Year in Review series. Joining me now is Rob Fay, he's a CKNW weekend morning host and, of course, a longtime sportscaster here uh, in British Columbia. Rob, thank you for joining us. That's always a pleasure. Thank you, Jess. Lots to talk about the sporting world uh, in, in regards to the stories that have been out there. And I think we maybe should start uh, uh, certainly here in Canada. Now, the federal government has launched a commission to help improve Canada's sporting culture, promote safe sports as well, uh, and tackle some of the challenges within within the system. This, of course, is happening alongside um, probably the last 18 months. It started back in 2022, but certainly continued into 2023 in regards to the controversy and outrage around Hockey Canada uh, that is still ongoing. Uh, Your thoughts, first and foremost, on this first story. Do you expect much from this commission to help improve sporting culture uh, in our country? I do. I I think, you know, if you've got the right people in place, then you can make this tectonic-like shift. you got to remember the CEO of Hockey Canada and their entire board stepped down. And the the team that's going to take this over is obviously going to have a bunch of challenges ahead. But I think that's what we needed. I think we needed Hockey Canada's brass to kind of go away. And really, even though the reputation of the brand is in tatters right now, a couple of gold medals, a new face, a new direction, and some insight from actual Canadians that are not just within this bubble of the board, I think would probably be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, and that's with Hockey Canada. In regards to this uh, commission that was um, launched by uh, Sport Minister Carla Qualtro, MP uh, for Delta there, and this is all in regards to amateur sport, in regards to how athletes have been treated, how they're trained. Um, what do you think has gone wrong in our culture that you've had so many athletes over so many years complaining about, and it's not just one particular sport, hockey has its challenges, but this has been ongoing for, from a variety of sports uh, to the point where this country, this our parliament has had to launch a commission to help improve our sporting culture when it comes to our, our, our amateur sports and how those amateur sports are also governed. Well, you know, it's a great question because I think a lot of sports at the amateur level are kind of at the crossroads between the old guard and the old thought process, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, just rub it and it'll get better. And a new generation and a new thought process, especially in hockey, when it comes to hazing, when it comes to hitting, when Mm -hmm. it comes to fighting. I think there's just so many different things that are at this conventional crossroads. So I would like to think that the uh, those who wanted to advance the game and keep their kids safe are starting to win this battle. But it's not without, um, I guess, the last hurrah of those who still feel that the game should be played, you know, with intimidation, those, you know, with violence in some cases. Mm-hmm. And in the worst case scenario, even some, uh, you know, sexual, I guess you would say misconduct, which is still a part of the game at the amateur level, which breaks my heart. But it's not just hockey jazz. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of different amateur sports. Yeah. Um, an issue of hockey. I, I um, did a story on this. We did a segment on this uh, a couple of weeks ago. 
uh, where there's an author uh, out of the University of Las Vegas talking about hockey from the amateur level uh, at the junior level, uh, even at the minor level, all the way to the NHL and how much hockey has changed right up to the NHL, many more American teams, of course. Um, And I don't want to pick on hockey because I think different sports, as you say, do have their challenges. How would you uh, gauge the health of hockey? And and I don't mean just by the NHL and professional athletes, but I'm just talking about even at the minor level, at the junior level. Is it at a healthy place in regards to just the core issue of our love of hockey and whether or not it's, it's the, the, the system itself is providing the fun that should be there for, for kids at the same time, allowing some of these more elite athletes to continue to work through the system and, 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 and sort, sort of reach their full potential as well. Yeah, I think the love for hockey is always going to be there. I mean, it's a part of our DNA as Canadians, but there are still challenges at the business level. I mean, you think of the British Columbia Hockey League who separated from Hockey Canada and they're going to take their own road. And that comes with some financial challenges. And there's a lot of different things here that are still gray area and people are kind of figuring it out as they go. But the one thing that I can say, and I think a lot of people that I talk to at the amateur level have said to me is the game is better now. They don't worry about the hits. There's no place in hockey for goons anymore. Maybe the beer league hockey's out at Burnaby Lakes. Uh, sorry, guys, to all the goons out there. <laughs> but the reality is, is the game is faster, it's quicker, and now people feel that they can play this game because they're not going to get their head buried in a board. So I, I think we're getting there, but probably slower than some people wanted. And when you see a freak injury, um, it really does make you reminisce about where the game was and where it's on its way to going. Mm-hmm. All right, let's uh, make the switch over to baseball just for a second. Um, the negotiations for uh, Shohei Otani were just interesting to watch on social media. Uh, he eventually of, course, eventually, of course, signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers. $700 million was the contract. And, you know, remember, uh, before this was all announced, people thought he was in Toronto. He's going to sign with the Blue Jays. Speak to me about this deal, because a lot of the payments, to my understanding, are deferred. He's not getting paid right away. In fact, a good chunk of his career will be over before he even remotely starts getting paid. Talk to me about the $700 million. So how it breaks down is 680 of that 700 million is deferred, leaving Shohei just 2 million, I shouldn't say just, but leaving Shohei $2 million a year over the next 10 years. That means he's going to be making, uh, you know, some decent change by regular Joe standards. But when you see what's coming at the end of his contract, which is $68 million per year for the decade after that contract runs out, it's it's mind-boggling, and it's probably a problem for baseball. They didn't break any rules, Jazz. Like, the CBA's in place, and the Dodgers and the agents, they got creative. But I can't imagine the next time that baseball and the union gets together that this is going to be something that can move forward. I mean, they are able to save a boatload of money on their luxury tax due to the Dodgers. And <clears> if you think about this, let's say Shohei Jazz lives in L.A. for the 10 years at the $2 million. He's only paying a little bit of a tax. Mm-hmm. If he moves to, say, Florida, or if he moves back to Japan, or he moves wherever, there's so much of that money that he'll end up saving on the back end of this that if he's patient, which obviously he's going to be, he's going to make way more money. And and I'll tell you this, Jazz, don't feel sorry for him with the $2 million. He will make tons of money per year uh, endorsement-wise, especially in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You're right. Uh, what I find interesting is baseball, like a lot of sports, uh, is at a, at a crossroads in regards to TV money. Everything is driven uh, in regards to salaries when it comes to TV money. TV is being challenged. You have regional sports networks now either going bankrupt or not um, at a healthy place. I don't know what the TV market will look like 10 years from now. Nobody really does. Um, 
is baseball healthy in your mind? I mean, I don't even know if they can, they should be able to afford that salary 10, 15 years from now. It's not going anywhere, but it's a different TV market. It's not paying as much. Um, uh, the list of viewership is different now with, with streaming and everything else. But in regards to the core business of baseball, it is a slower sport. Is it at a healthy place, do you think? Is, is it still viewed um, as a hip sport compared to, let's say, basketball or uh, soccer internationally? Well, hip, no, but I would say it definitely is making strides with the pitch clock, which, of course, condensed games by 26 minutes on average this year. Hmm. That is a huge difference, Jazz, to get under the three-hour-per-game mark. That's Mm -hmm. a big deal for baseball, and I think the pitch clock's here to stay. The thing that I will say, and and I think you got to give your tip of the cap to baseball, is they branched out with YouTube. They did their games live on YouTube. They did their games on Apple TV. So they see the future, and they understand where it's going. So conventional TV, geographic TV, regional TV, I think that's going to go the way of the dodo bird in the next 15 to 20 years. But I think baseball was right on top of it, saying let's begin the process of establishing ourselves on this medium because the numbers on it were decent. But by the time that the other options taken away, they will have planted roots of 10 to 15 years, which I think is going to serve baseball very well in the future. Welcome back to the show. If you're just joining us, we're speaking to Rob Fay. Of course, he's a CKNW Weekend Morning host and longtime sportscaster. We're talking about the year in sports. Rob, um, let's talk about something I probably wouldn't have uh, uh, discussed a year ago even, and that's Saudi Arabia. Uh, it, as a country, and through its uh, public investment fund, that's all the money they make through petroleum, they put it into a, a global fund, and they've been investing like crazy uh, in a lot of sporting events, golf is the first one, Live Golf, which potentially may be taking over the PGA. You've got them uh, hosting tennis events, uh, soccer. They've, of course, uh, hired Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo for one of their soccer team clubs. They're looking at uh, investing in the Indian Cricket League. They have F1 racing as well. What is going on? Well, I mean, if you want to take the glass half angry approach, sports washing, and this is usually, I guess the easiest way to describe it, Jazz, is it's pretty much a distraction technique to divert attention away from rather, you know, serious human rights abuses, corruption, and just general wrongdoing. And sometimes by associating yourself with popular sports events or teams or individuals, you can actually manipulate public perception and create a positive image. And that, I think, is a part of this problem that a lot of teams, I have a friend who's a, a Newcastle fan, a, a soccer fan, a diehard Newcastle fan, and he feels a little bit torn because his team got purchased by a Saudi Arabia you know, organization. And now he knows that that, and he calls it blood money. I don't know if I would go that far, but it is definitely a challenge morally when you know that the country or the organization that is now invested in your league and in your team, and in some instances, your players, uh, are doing business with a, a a country that doesn't have the best track record when it comes to human rights, when it comes to LGBTQ rights, women's rights. I mean, they don't have good track record with anything, and yet now they're a pretty big player in the sports scene. And, and you know, <laughs> the dollars we're talking about are just astronomical. Was it one Spanish golfer was offered $300 million, $300 million uh, to play uh, in the Live Golf uh, League? Well, you've got Sergio over there. You've got Phil over there. Those are the two long-in-the-tooth golfers that, uh, you know, of course, have been associated with the PGA for years. Mm-hmm. But even John Rahm, the latest to go over, the number three ranked golfer in the world, the defending Masters champion, $500 million. Oh, wow. I mean, that's more than he could make 
in five years if he won every PGA Tour tournament that is available to him. So I don't understand how a golfer can say no to this, and I don't know how the PGA is going to be able to fend it off. And they've got just over a week to figure out if they're truly going to get a bed with Liv. And I'll tell you what, if I'm the PGA, I'm I'm nervous because they're gaining steam, not losing it. Wow. Well, let's move on to another sport, and that's uh, basketball. Uh, we, of course, were at one time home to the Vancouver Grizzlies. Uh, and every time there's talk of expansion, Vancouver's name gets thrown in. Uh, we are expecting two teams to be um, uh, named as the NBA's two newest franchises after the NBA season uh, in 2024. Uh, the numbers, the names, everybody's throwing around most likely is Seattle uh, and Las Vegas. What are your thoughts on on, on a Vancouver, a chance of Vancouver perhaps landing a team, perhaps not this time, but the, the, the next expansion announcement? Uh, boy, I don't know. I, I, I'm torn about this because would I like to see the NBA back in Vancouver? Absolutely. I covered it when they were here in the late 90s, but... Mm-hmm. I, I can tell you this, Las Vegas and Seattle are the two locks, the two no-brainers. I mean, Seattle's got a beautiful stadium and a history. Everybody wants to get Las Vegas right now. But, Jazz, i got to be honest. If, if, I'm, if I'm the NBA right now, I'm looking at Mexico. I'm looking at Asia. I'm looking at a, a number of different countries. I mean, there's already a team in Canada. And they might not think that Montreal is a bad idea either. So in the land of who's next... I would say that Vancouver might be in the top 10, mm-hmm. but I don't put them as an heir apparent to be, you know, the next favorite to get a team. What's a team cost today? $4 billion? I mean, wow. realistically, I mean, if you think of Phoenix, and we were talking about this a little bit earlier, I mean, you think of what uh, even Mark Cuban sold his share in the Dallas Mavericks not long ago, a couple of weeks ago. We're talking three and a half billion dollars for his equity in the Mavericks so realistically if there's a Canadian out there that's going to go and you know significantly get into the NBA and even if he or she went 50 percent they're still looking at a two two and a half billion dollar investment and you know looking at the wealthiest Canadians from this year's list there's not a lot of names out there that are uh, you know sportsy if you will I mean Chip Wilson was all of a sudden you're going to play it at uh, the arena that's got a bunch of yoga and Lululemon, I don't know what you do. I, I just don't see the perfect fit because I don't know if there's an ownership group and uh, people out there with a price tag that could get this city done in quick matter. Yeah, I think that that's uh, you need somebody with deep pockets. There's only so many Jimmy Pattisons, and he's he's busy with other things. That's for sure. Uh, we got yeah. about a minute left, but quickly, uh, the most Google topic. Uh, we had the segment on the most Google topic. Um, here in BC last week, uh, and the number one topic was women's soccer uh, here in British Columbia. Um, talk to me a little bit about just the women's team here in Canada, more importantly, just women's sports, particularly professional sports. Not only are you seeing leagues um, uh, starting, but their valuations are going up as well. Yeah, that's the good side of the coin. And I think the Canadian team, because they've been so good for so long, is a large part of that reason. But Jazz, knowing that I only have a couple of seconds here, the reason it's Googled so much is the struggle that they had, their failure on the world tour this year, Mm -hmm. uh, and more importantly, uh, Christine Sinclair finally calling it quits. I mean, there were so many stories. But realistically, when you think of the women and the challenges that they faced getting uh, equal pay and, and, and the equity that came from abroad, Uh, that is no surprise that they're on that list as the most searched Canadian team. Uh, Rob, as always, this segment always moves very way too quickly. I really appreciate your time. If I don't speak to you, my friend, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to you. To you and your staff as well, Jazz. Thank you.